Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Happy Memorial Day, hockey fans. Welcome to Casing the League on Believe Network. I am your host, Casey Hudson, bringing you top NHL headlines, hot topics, and most importantly, Stanley Cup playoff best bets. We're going to make this short and sweet so that everyone gets to their holiday weekend if you are tuning in with me right now and listening. But before we get to Casing the League, be sure to follow over at the Sports Case, K-A-S-E. Casing the League, starting with a K, and like, subscribe, and share. If you are new to joining me here in Casing the League, just know that this is so that we can continue to grow the game of hockey together. The best part about this is the best bets. We have fun with it. I break down the reasons why I'm throwing out these best bets. Going over the hot topics and headlines is just to kind of level with new fans who are trying to figure out what this world, what this chaos, what this culture is called hockey. And I'll also break down all the hockey jargon because I know how intimidating that is when you're first falling in love with hockey and wondering what language everybody is speaking. So just know that this is to continue to grow the sport of the NHL, to be a contributing arm in some way, shape, or form. And then the most important part, the fun best bet. So let's get into it, starting with casing the league. Now that it's the end of the week, this episode is all about recapping the top headlines. And luckily, we don't have no crazy headlines today, which is a breath of fresh air because Toronto turbulence has been commanding the headlines at least since last week, a little bit into this week. And that's where we'll start off with Monday's headline. Kyle Dubas got the green light or permission granted to sit down and chit chat with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, I got a lot of text messages from uh, which I just recently realized how many Pittsburgh Penguin fans I have in my life. And I also realized it's because all of my best girlfriends have married or are dating Pittsburgh guys. Switch regions, take another state, find another team, because I'm tired of the text messages about the Penguins. But I will say I have been positive and I have shared and some of their excitement of potentially uh, Kyle Dubas becoming their next GM. Now, of course, this kicked up conversations as to have Dubas and, and other teams been in talks prior to him parting ways with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Was there turmoil and issues between uh, Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan ahead of time? I know that a lot of these questions are now being risen because when Kyle Dubas had his exit presser after the team season wrapped up, it was, I want to stay here. I don't want to do this anywhere else. I basically don't want to start over. I love this team. I plan to stay here. And I had mentioned on the first episode of Casing the League, while that's nice, while you love to see guys that want to remain and continue to build where they are, um, he also deserves some sort of pay increase. If you measure what GMs across the league are making and what, what Kyle Dubas was making, you already knew that there was something that needed to change there. And then to be with an organization for nine years, GM for five years, you also knew that he had earned a little bit more money in his pocket. And the team broke their 20-year curse, made it to round two of the playoff series. And yeah, that also speaks to the fact that he probably deserves a little bit more ching in his pocket. Now, there were some things that didn't look so great characteristically. If you are a diehard Toronto Maple Leafs fan, take this lightly. Some of the press box behavior and some of the antics on social media and stuff, like that's not exactly what you want your GM to be leading the charge on. But I could be spoiled because I do hands-on cover the Tampa Bay Lightning and Julian Brisebois is chill and very even kill. And so is their head coach, John Cooper, and so on and so forth. That's the culture of the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. So being one of the oldest organizations, being one of the top founders of this game hockey 
maybe the rules are a little bit different, but I didn't think that that was going to play over so well when it comes to negotiations for maybe sticking around or any sort of long-term conversation. All that to say, we already know Dubis is out. We already know that Spezza, excuse me, walked out um, loyally and resigned his position. And we know that Shanahan's just ready to move on, but I know this too. We have not heard the last of the Brandon Shanahan and Kyle Dubis drama. And regardless, he's trying to find a new job with another team. And the Pittsburgh Penguins could potentially be a good home for him for a number of reasons. Whether you love the guy or hate the guy, he was a contributing factor in crunching the right numbers to make sure that they made the right moves at the trade deadline. They also helped their team become more formidable and competitive when they added players that can contribute defensively or shut down the D zone. That resonates with me so much because Pittsburgh Penguins need that kind of help. They need a guy that can bring in top defensemen to alleviate or help alongside of, you know, Latangs, who dealt with a lot of different issues this year between his own health and family stuff. But still, you know, Latang's been in the league a long time. And I know that they have younger guys like Pierre and a few other ones, but between being injury plagued and just inexperienced and making miscom errors in the D zone, they did not have a defense that could keep or help their goalie keep pucks out of their net, even though they were so offensively strong. So the Pittsburgh Penguins are right there on the cusp of that rebuild stage and, you know, being a team that can come back and compete next season, but it's going to start with cap space. It's going to start with contract deals that bring in the right guys and Kyle Dubas could be the right fit for that situation. So yes, uh, all my Pittsburgh Penguin fans, especially my best friend's husband's, you guys might be in luck there. And I do see the flattery of what he can bring to the table as a Penguins GM. Now, moving on from Dubis and all of his drama, Tuesday was a lighter note and a lot more positive, at least in my mind, because the Calgary Flames found their eighth GM in Craig Conroy, somebody who played for the Flames back in his day, also was the second leading scorer when he had his time with the Calgary Flames. He has a th- over 1,000 NHL games, I think 1,009 to be specific. and the most important thing about the conversations revolving around Craig Conroy is not only the fact that he was a former player, not only that he's been a part of this franchise as a player, but it's his character, compassion, his respect, and his ability to communicate with players. Also, his pride and joy of making sure that they maintain guys that should be a part of that roster. That's a huge thing and probably the hardest job as a GM, obviously. But that's his goal is to make sure that he keeps the right guys intact and players that want to play for Calgary there. And guys that want to play for you at all costs are the guys that are going to help you win a championship. Calgary Flames look pretty damn good this past season. And with some micro changes, they can be a big competitive team come next year. I could also be biased because they have one of my favorite players, Blake Coleman, over there. And I know that he's a game changer, strong two-way player. If they get a couple more two-way players on that roster, look out. Because this could be the Canadian team that finally gets the job done. Doesn't just make a deep run and fall out, makes a deep run and gets to the Stanley Cup final and hopefully is hoisting that cup in the name of good old Canada. And uh, that's coming from an American person. I'm rooting for you, Canada. Uh, so also on Tuesday, we found out that the, the the stadium series is going to be a double feature. We've got the New York Islanders taking on the New York Rangers, and we've got the New Jersey Devils taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, I'm actually a lot more excited than people are about this Devils-Flyers matchup because you got two young firecracker teams. I mean, I enjoyed watching Konecki play this past season. And then you've got everything the Devils bring to the table and they're going to be pissed that they were underestimated and also knocked out this last season. So just imagine the chip on their shoulder heading into the upcoming season. Of course, the Flyers are led by one of the 
most intriguing coaches in the league. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. But Torts, he's such a hard ass, and he brings such a bloodbath physical element to that Flyers team, obviously. And so I think that this is going to be a more exciting matchup than people are giving it credit for. And then, of course, when it comes to the Rangers and the Islanders, you got two of the top five goalies in the league. Yeah, top five. You guys see the top five goalies in the league between Sorokin and Chesterkin and two guys that are going to want a couple games back, especially when it comes to those playoff rounds. So something to prove in the tri-state area. I think we're going to get two great games and the stadium series just has its own vibe. Um, more importantly, the vibe of just loving the game of hockey and having fun with it. We see these guys kind of in a different element and uh, a different stride when they get to play in the stadium series. So very excited about that double feature. And that was also announced on Tuesday. Then Tuesday, we found out that um, our buddy Jamie Benn wasn't going to be making the best decision when it comes to his playoff career and how he's going to help captain this team. He ends up in a bad situation collecting a major for a cross check on Mark Stone's face. But in his words, uh, he fell on his stick on Mark Stone's face. Yeah, if you think I'm kidding by that statement, by the way, I'm totally not. You can go back and catch that on episode five of Casing the League, but we won't get too much into that. Obviously, that uh, fall on the stick on Mark's face resulted in a two-game suspension, so Jamie Benn will not be a part of tonight's game. Vegas taking on the Dallas Stars in Vegas at 5 o'clock Eastern time, and it'll be the last game of him serving his suspension, and hopefully he'll be able to rejoin his team and contribute and make a difference here because they needed him. He kept them in, or he nearly kept them in another game with that late minute shot to send them into overtime. And he's a, your captain not being a part of something is just a mental thing also. So we'll see if the Dallas Stars can stay alive so that Jamie can uh, rejoin the team and help them go even further. Then that takes us over to Thursday's news. The Florida Panthers stamped their ticket to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1996. And if you were not a Matthew Kachuk fan before playoffs, if you were not a Matthew Kachuk fan before game four versus the Hurricanes, you are a Matthew Kachuk fan now. And if you can't get on board, then at least love his dad and that Johnny drama reference. If you watch any entourage, you cannot let that reference go over your head and you cannot not fall in love with the Kachuk family. But Matthew Kachuk has just continued to show up for his team. And then he's had a monster season. I mean, he closed out the year with a hundred, the regular season with 109 points, uh, 40 goal score. And that dial really turned up in that switch flipped after all-star weekend. Um, he just found himself on a hot streak and just kept producing. And he's a big leader for this team. And if you actually pay attention to his post-game pressers and post-practice pressers and stuff, like he actually is a very humble guy. He just has a different, different ego when he hits that ice. And it's exciting to watch a uh, strong two-way player, great forechecking. He can annihilate you across the boards. And then he's actually got pretty good mitts when he wants to. And he showed that in the game winning goal of game four, sealing the deal for his team with just 4.3 seconds left. Now, the only reason I had an issue with this is because I had Sam Bennett for an anytime goal that night. And Bennett almost had a goal moments before Kachuk's closer. So that's just a selfish moment for me. But all that aside, you got to be happy for this Florida Panthers team and what they're doing and the history that they're making. And look, if they end up facing off versus the Vegas Golden Knights, it's going to be a lot more exciting than people are giving it credit for. Vegas Golden Knights are still a young expansion team. I think a lot of us are forgetting that because they've had three or four postseason runs um, and they've been consistent in that factor. So just to see what they're doing over there and how they're building and rebuilding rosters to continue to make it into the postseason and to not get knocked out in round one and to be a six-year-old franchise at that, um, 
it's pretty spectacular. So you've got a young franchise that just keeps making the right moves and right decisions. Then you've got the Florida Panthers team who made such history in 1996 and has been on the climb to do so since. And now they're riding the high of the reverse president's trophy curse. So I'm just psyched to see how this matches up. And then you've got two teams that have quality defense and solid two-way players. So we're not going to be looking at this like brutal, you know, burnout game where people think the Panthers are just going to come in and beat up on the Golden Knights. Like we're going to probably see some pretty great hockey and tight contests in the Stanley Cup final if it turns out to be the Golden Knights versus the Florida Panthers. All of that spiel brings me to why we're here today. We're here to talk about tonight's game or today's game or late afternoon game. Dallas versus Vegas in Vegas and Dallas did everything possible to stay alive. Now, if you guys saw or caught any of the previous episodes, I've tweeted about it. Um, if Dallas ends up behind after the first period, they're not a strong swinging comeback team. We saw that in game three, that they weren't able to make that comeback, that they just kind of started to crumble and fall apart. Of course, a few other factors probably played into that. But then this time they got down in the first period and made sure they found a way to level the scoreboard before that first period clocked out. And I think that's what helped them not only stay in this game, but find more control in their ozone. Now, they do well without shooting Vegas, but we also saw in that Panthers-Hurricane series, it doesn't matter who's out shooting their opponent. I mean, Hurricanes were out shooting the Panthers 7-1, 7-3, and in all of these spectacular forms and fashions and still didn't stand a chance. Um, you've got to have the endurance. You've got to have a, a more than just overly defending the game. You've got to become that full package. and You've got to be able to make those pivots and those adjustments during the game. Now, heading into this game, taking into consideration that that fight back that the Stars started to show in that first period so that they did not get knocked out or swept, that came with five, 15 high-danger chances throughout the entire game in comparison to the, the Vegas Golden Knights' 10 high-danger chances. Um, their, sec their second period remains their strongest period where they post the most shots as well as goals. But knowing that they can't get behind in the first period, I wouldn't expect us to see anything less than them to try to get on the board first and to try to pull hold that lead and continue to post goals. Um, I know when it came to the home ice advantage, we were looking to them to force a couple more special team situations because their power play was pretty much off the charts. But the power play guys that typically show up or were showing up throughout playoffs like Tyler Sagan, he was getting iced out. And um, it didn't come down to a bunch of special team moments. They were able to find a way and make a way on that even strength. So I'm very excited to see what's going to come up this evening. Again, two very strong second period teams. The Vegas Golden Knights with a lot more capability of making comebacks regardless of how the game opens up. And they like to show up and show off on home ice. And that brings us to our best bets. Now, before we actually get into the best bets, let's talk about the three out of five bets that hit on the last episode of Casing the League. We had a Jason Robertson goal that hit twice. Yes. Then we had Jonathan Marchessault, who I'm just loving this playoff series. He picked up a goal. We slapped that down for an anytime goal. And then Aiden Hill over 28 and a half saves. And he had well over 30 saves. So three out of five bets that hit. And the two bets that did not hit was Tyler Sagan over half a point. And um, it was Sagan over half a point. Oh, yeah. And then Barbashev over half a point. Um, and Barbashev's up there for one of the top guys statistically who's helped during this series. So it's that's the fun part, I guess, with the betting and with hockey in general. You never know whose night it's going to be and who's going to step up. But that's where we make the predictions. So first and foremost, Alex Petrangelo over half a point at a plus 100. Uh, look, 
Alex has eight assists throughout the playoff series. Um, he also had five shots on goal in game four. You saw a lot of effort for this guy to pick up a point or get a goal of his own throughout that entire game. And eventually something's got to land in your favor. And I think Petrangelo is just due for either a big time assist or a goal. He's one of the top guys on the Vegas Golden Knights roster for assists. So why not do it on home ice? And his performance at home just tends to be that much more stellar. I'm thinking of, you know, the games versus the Oilers where he came in strong for his team. And I think he's going to do the same here because I know Vegas wants to close this out tonight more than anything. Now I did switch things around a little bit and go back to picking up some best bets in the assist column because why not go with Jack Eichel here at a plus 105 over just half an assist. So one assist. He has seven shots on goal in game four and he has 11 assists and 17 points throughout the series. This is somebody that you can count on to come in clutch for his team and help get a uh, offense generated or going and he's done well on home ice on away ice whatever the case may be he shows up for his team when it's time so take jack eichel for that over half assist at a plus 105 for a big big game at game five tonight showdown then last but not least for the vegas bench William Carlson anytime goal at a plus 230 um look eight goals 11 points in playoffs so far Game one, he had two goals uh, alone. So his home ice ability and how what he likes to do is going to speak for itself. And I think that he's the kind of guy that can get on the point column or the goal column tonight. He had nine shots on goal throughout this entire series. And there was only one or two games where he was a li little bit more on the silent side. And I know when we think of any time goals in a big game five, you kind of want to jump back to Jonathan Marcheseau or maybe even Chandler Stevenson. But between Stevenson, Marcheseau, and Carlson, they're the top scorers of the team. Marcheseau took that lead officially um, with eight goals throughout playoffs. But Carlson, or actually Carlson's right there with him. It's Chandler Stevenson that's still at seven goals. So those are your top three guys that you can count on to pick up any time goals. And I don't find this to be a low-scoring matchup tonight for some reason. I think that we're at least going to see about two, three goals out of each team. Hopefully not another overtime, but playoff hockey will just stick with the excitement versus beggars and choosers. Then heading over to the Dallas Stars bench. Rope hint over half a point at a minus 165. Uh, two assists in game four, 10 goals and 24 points throughout the series. And then, of course, we know he's in the conversation of top in Connor McDavid's playoff stats. And Look, he showed up when the team needed him most, and his line is one of the top producing lines uh, for the Dallas Stars as well. So somewhere else where it's just kind of like a dumb moment to put him involved in picking up any sort of points, and that point total is low at just over half. Then for the assist column, let's take Miro over just half an assist at a minus 150, two assists in game four, 11 assists and 12 points throughout the series. Now, the reason I went with this one is because the Dallas Stars defense stepped up a lot in game four, and they're going to have to do that again if they're going to compete by any means. And I know Suter is kind of getting a lot of slack right now. He is paired up with Miro, but he's allowed a lot of goals and in crucial moments. And he's had those errors and he's had those miscommunication moments. But regardless of the inconsistency in his game, Miro has been tremendous. Um, his ability to anchor the blue line when he is being very present and stepping up and helping out his team, that's going to keep them in any sort of contention this evening. And that's obviously played a big role in their game four and them not getting swept. So Dallas's defense kind of stepping up in the mix a lot more is going to have to be consistent tonight because you're going up a team that's pretty sound 
or not pretty sound, very sound defensively. And you've learned that the hard way through three games. So take him to pick up an assist tonight. I really do see that happening. And then last but not least, you got Jason Robertson doubling down, tripling down at this point on an anytime goal for him at a plus 140. Two games, no, not, not two games, two goals in game four. But that's not even the part that blows my mind. It's 11 shots on goal in game four. He only has six goals and 17 points throughout the playoff series. But he was somebody who single-handedly wanted to put his entire team on his back and make sure that they were not going to close out their playoff run on game four. And when you see that kind of relentlessness, yes, it can carry over and and one capacity or another. Yeah, he might just pick up one goal tonight, but I do not think that Jason Robertson is going to stay off the scoreboard. I think he's going to bring in that fight 10 times as much and regardless of guys cue in on him and try to minimize his play or contain him and keep him out of the scoring chances, he finds a way to get in those dirty areas and make things happen. And those are the kind of players you need to stay in any sort of game. And this is going to be a big game because it's, it's win or go home and they definitely do not want to go home. So Vegas, Dallas tonight, let me know you guys' thoughts on these best bets. Which bets will you cash? Which bets will you case? And which bets will you cut? If you are new to casing the league, cashing it means that you agree with me. We vibe. You like the bet. We think that something can manifest from it. Casing it means that you got to look into it a little bit more. Google phone a friend. You're not quite sure yet. And then cut it means, hey, we're not on the same page. Don't like that bet case. Not taking it. Thank you very much. Moving on. And we go with that as well. The big moves that are going to have to come tonight in order to keep Dallas alive is their defense is going to have to build off of their game for performance and show up and make sure that they can, I don't know, slow down Vegas just a little bit. But we know Vegas likes to put on a show. It's literally the capital of shows. But they're going to go home. They're going to have a good time in front of their home crowd. And you never know what that's going to rack up to be. And we may even be looking at a four-plus goal night for the Vegas Golden Knights. Not saying that they're going to win. But I'm saying I think we're going to see a lot more fireworks. Um, and then on top of Dallas Stars' defense needing to show up, let's just take into consideration that Robertson, uh, Hintz, and Pavelski are the one, in the leading, one of the leading top two lines. Leading the top two lines. Sorry, guys. Uh, six goals, seven assists, uh, leading the charge there. So Pavelski did pull through for his team. A part of me did want to go with with taking a best bet on Pavelski, but he was kind of eliminated out of the mix in games two and three. While he is a clutch player, it's not something that, I don't know, when it comes to betting, I can't consistently ride on. Amazing, you know, showed up game two, game one, had two assists, game two and three, was able to get contained a bit by the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously have that OT winner for game four. Don't know what to expect for game five, but Robertson has just been consistent in getting on the mix. Hence, the statistics speaks for itself. And then with defense getting on the jump there, you got to take Miro and so on and so forth. So let me know you guys' thoughts on these bets. Let me know which bets you're cashing, casing, or cutting. And then, guys, thank you so much for joining me here on Casing the League. Please enjoy your Memorial Weekend. Be safe, be smart, be sound. Uh, eat all the hot dogs if you're into hot dogs drink all the beer if that's what you like whatever it may be I just hope you guys enjoy time with loved ones and families follow us over at the sports case k-a-s-e casing the league starting with a k believe network like subscribe and share casing the league with friends and even new fond lovers of this game of hockey and I'll catch you guys next week here on casing the league as we recap best bets that hit as we bring to the table the next set of best bets that we're diving into. And hopefully we have our next Stanley Cup final contender so that we know who the Panthers are ready to beat up on. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Thank you so much for joining me here on Casing the League. And until next time,
Have a great weekend. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.